All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, October 26th of 2022, bringing a special stream to you guys today. If you're in the Discord, you might have seen some birthday cake emojis on the link to the stream today. Surprise, it's my birthday. Bringing a special stream to you guys. Happy to be here, as always. For those of you who are new here, this is a show where we talk about the SaberSim app, go over any and all questions about DFS strategy, how to use the app, and all of its awesome, awesome features. If you guys have any questions live, you can get them in the, the YouTube chat now. If you're not a member of our Discord, there's a link in the description below. We have an office hours channel in the Discord where people put questions in the queue ahead of time before the show so i would recommend getting in the discord if you're gonna have questions in the future if you want to get in to the community and start asking your questions a lot of sharp people around always engaging in conversation so that being said everybody we're gonna get going today got a lot of good questions in the queue today and before we get going actually I wanted to bring up some answers to some questions from yesterday. There were a couple of questions in particular that really stumped me, and I had to take those back to the team to get some answers. So I wanted to get those answers to everybody here today. So the first question that I wanted to touch on from yesterday was a question that came in from Danny Pickham. And the question was that if you are using a GeoMean rule, should you turn ownership fade off? I think this is a really good question, and it was one that I had a lot of trouble answering yesterday. So I'm going to pull up SaberSim right here. And, you know, for those of you who weren't here yesterday who didn't hear this question, what we're specifically talking about this for was for MMA. So if you go to MMA and you go to build lineups, we're going to go back to last week's card here. Going to pull this up, and we're going to look at the sliders. Sliders have an ownership fade of four on so Danny was asking, you know, if I come in to the lineup rules, build an aggregate rule, and I'm using some type of rule that requires a certain geo mean of a lineup to be under a certain number that you set, you know, what is the interaction between that and ownership fade? Really good question. And what the answer that I was able to come up with, with bouncing ideas off of other members of the team was that there really isn't a perfect solution for this. There's not a wrong or right answer in this scenario. What I would encourage you to do is to use your geo mean rule, run different builds, run builds with ownership fade off, run builds with ownership fade at the default value, run builds with ownership fade at half of the value and see what type of lineups you're getting and make the determination of where you want to be on that spectrum. The main reason for there not being a wrong or right answer is because there are so many so many different geomean values that you can use. So me in in something that I've been experimenting with is a geomean quote unquote guardrail where it's like a rule where you know I don't want to go like past this value say like a hundred dupes and i use like a like a high value as like a buffer but some people are using a geo mean rule where you know they're trying to say like you know i don't want to 
be over 20 dupes and they use like a much more stringent geo mean rule so it just really depends what the geo mean rule you're using what the value is and what you're trying to get out of it which is why there isn't a wrong a right or wrong answer so i would i would really uh suggest like a trial and error approach try different things out and see what you like the best is is the best way to go about it there's nothing wrong with using it with it on or off so just want to be clear on that point but really good question from yesterday wanted to get back to that one next question we had was from rough em up asked a question about uh when i use a when i when i turn ownership fade off what is the relationship with saber score i think this is a really good question so because you know let's say we're going to run a couple lineups here just so we can see what we're kind of talking about in step three here. So, you know, when we run, when we turn ownership fade off and run lineups, the lineup still has a sum ownership. The lineup still has a product ownership. And, you know, the lineup is essentially, you know, still has a geo mean too. So the sum ownership is, is seen here. And, well, usually it's seen here. So usually the sum ownership will be summed up at this point. But, you know, Rough'em Up's question was like, hey, if I if I turn it off, is Sabre, is Sabre score still grading the ownership? And the answer to the question is no. So a good way to think about Sabre score is that Sabre score is dynamic. If correlation is turned off, it will not grade a lineup for correlation in the saber score algorithm if ownership fade is turned on then saber score will grade a lineup with an ownership component or like a group of lineups a pool of lineups but if the ownership fade is turned off then that grading metric is then turned off so if you turn ownership fade off saber sim does not care a saber score does not care about the sum ownership product ownership geo mean etc when ownership fade is turned on, now you are turning on the grading metric and the higher you put this or the lower, the more or less that metric is valued. So think of the sliders as the grading components that dynamically change that make up the Sabre score algorithm. That's the best way to think about it. It was a really good question, really stumped me. So wanted to get back to those two questions for sure from Danny and Rough'em Up. And then the last question that I had to get back to was a question from Larson. Larson was asking about FanDuel cash games and and um, using rules to limit different stack types and stack combinations. So I'm going to go ahead and reread the rule so we can just have a brief refresher. Larson asked, FanDuel cash question, is there a setting I can apply to my cash builds that keeps the multiple players from the same team appearing in my builds besides a QB slash wide receiver or QB slash tight end stack? I was trying to use lineup rules to do this, but I'm not sure exactly how. Okay, Larson, I took this one back, experimented with it, talked to some members on the team. I have a good answer for this now. So what you will do is since you only want QB plus wide receiver or QB plus tight end, since those are only QB plus one stacks, you are going to turn off all stacks that are not QB plus zero or QB plus one. And so only check in the, the no QB stack and the QB plus one in the primary. Then you move over to secondary, turn off 
all stack types except 1-1 since you don't want any more than two position players from the same team. So that is the first step. The only thing that this doesn't do is limit your QB plus running back exposures. You can still get them as a stack. So in order to do that, the last step is you come in here, you add a rule, you add a group rule, an automatic rule, and then you say use no more than one, and then you do QB plus running back, and then you save this rule. And oh, I'm sorry, you have to group by team. So use no more than one QB running back from the same team. So do group by team. You should have as many rules as there are teams on the slate. You save that. These three things together should get you what you want. So we're just going to run a couple quick cash builds here and test this out. Give it the eye test and make sure it works. But I am, I'm fairly certain if you do those three things, adjust your primary stacks, adjust your secondary stacks, add this auto group rule that you should be good. So this was the last question that we had to get to from yesterday. Builds are taking a little bit here, so not really sure what the holdup is, but I did try this out uh, before the stream, and it was working fine. So let's just check out these five lineups. Not sure exactly why only five were built, but what we should see is we either have a QB plus one, no QB, and then if we if we look at our lineups, one, the QB is not paired with his running back, only a pass catcher. And then two, we don't have any more than two position players showing up together. We do have a running back and a defense, which we did allow. So no issues there. But Larson, try this out. Let me know if you have any problems. And from that point on, we're going to get into questions from today, everybody. So glad we were able to knock those out gonna scroll down here and look for the questions from today the first one i saw was a question from jmwh in discord talking about research builds so we're gonna get this into the chat here and get going all right question if you run a 0010 test build for nhl the pooled exposures for stacks tend to be heavily bent toward three and four man stacks or less whereas a run with default lineup settings tends to deliver pooled exposures primarily of five-plus man stacks. Which of these builds, the test build or regular build, given the variation, generates pooled exposures that better approximate the likelihood of a player or stack being optimal? Okay, really good question. So we're going to hover over to hockey here, and we're going to talk about this. I think this is a really good question. So, you know, what we're talking about, which we're going to go to today, uh, short slate today. I think there was a big slate yesterday. So, boom, we're looking at a 10-gamer from yesterday. Going to get into this. So, what JMWH is asking is like, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how likely somebody is to be optimal in a stack. And I can either run a test build that has correlation, ownership, fate, fate and sim diversity components all being used. Or I could run like a 0010 build, which will give me closer to the optimals. And that is like the right interpretation of both of those things. But neither of them really get you what you're looking for when you're trying to figure out stacks. So I would do either one of two things. Something that I like to do is that I will run a build at default settings. So, so if the defaults are 639, what I'll do is I'll turn off ownership. 
and put sim diversity to 10. It's kind of a hybrid of the two things you were just talking about. One, it is still taking into account correlation, which will lead to those stacks, but it is not grading players better or worse based on an ownership metric. And we're also at sim diversity 10 in this scenario. So I bumped up the sim diversity to try and get those single slate optimals. I turned ownership fade off to make sure that player projections aren't being adjusted with ownership. That way, like there's no, um, you know, closer to like just their projection plus the correlation. And that'll give us more of like a stacking metric. If you, if you're not comfortable using the correlation slider in this scenario, you're like, ah, you know, I don't really want to do that. You can also turn the correlation off and force in a stack rule. So, you know, if you're looking for like five stacks, you know, come in here and then stack at least, you know, five players and then run a rule like that. So that way, you know, you're telling the builder, I want stacks. You can even, you know, make them from, from the same line. So you can do, you know, I want stacks from the same line and I want the builder to give me like stacks and not adjust and not make any changes with the sliders. So those are like two ways that I would go about it. One still involves the sliders. One involves a stacking rule. I don't think you can go wrong with either of those scenarios. And then JMWH had a second question here and I'm going to get this one in the chat. So JMWH said one other question i've noticed nfl projections tend to vary quite significantly early in the week say tuesday through thursday and later in the week as additional sims run sim runs occur the projection changes tend to be more incremental barring major lineup slash injury changes what is the earliest point in the week when you think the sims tend to generate projections that approximate the final projections we will see on sunday all else equal eliminating event-based factors such as injuries that may change projections dramatically at any point. Okay, really good question here. I think that, you know, the best answer to the question is that, you know, injury reports come out, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no injury report on Saturday other than people that are pending questionable or doubtful whose status is like really up in the air. So I think after Friday, the projections tend to like be pretty strong. So I'd say like Friday night is like when I would, you know, think that if there's no pending news for a team or set of players, that their projection isn't going to change that much between like Friday evening and up until lock. So, you know, will we have changes? Will we have incremental changes? Yes, definitely. Will there be like big, big changes as opposed to like, you know, from when the first, the first Sims run on Tuesday to, you know, Friday, you know, I don't think you're going to see like those drastic point changes after Friday evening. So that's, that's my best uh, advice there on the projections and how well they hold throughout the week and the way they move and change. So let me know if there is any follow up there. Going to hit this next question here from... Papillo is the way I think it is pronounced. And he said, for NBA, is there a way to restrict multiple position eligible players to one position on Sabersim? When I uncheck a player in one position, it removes them from my pool entirely. Okay, good question. So let's hover over to NBA and let's run a build for tonight. Looks like we got a good slate tonight. 
10 gamer uh pretty interesting when there are only a couple games that kick off at four and then followed by a lot of games after that gotta build in some late swap flexibility there more often than not so gonna run a couple lines here just so we can see this you know the answer to the question is really it's always best to handle this in step three what you are describing is correct so if you were to uncheck a player regardless of where you uncheck them in the home screen once you uncheck them you are removing them from your pool you're not just removing them from the position so you know if we come into center and we say you know i don't want any evan mobley in the center position well once i uncheck him i am unchecking him from the entire pool i'm not just unchecking him from the center position but if you wait till step three so if i want let's let's use let's go back to evan mobley so you know let's say you know i have evan mobley here i don't want to use him in the center position i only want to use him in the power forward position if i zero his exposure here and i'm just gonna open this up so we could see it a little better so if i zero his exposure in the center position in step three he is still eligible to be in all of my power forward positions and you, you can see that we were already using him in a number of power forward spots and we only had one lineup with him in the center so if you have like a handful of guys you want to do this for i would definitely handle it in step three for multi-positional eligibility exposures uh, one thing I will say, you know, if you have guys in the later games, Saberson will always put people who start in later games in the utility spot for you or like the flex spot for NFL. That does happen automatically. But, you know, for multi-position eligibility exposures, if you want to be really fine-tuned in that process, handling it in step three is the best option there. So really good question. And that was our last question in the Discord, everybody. Just want to let you guys know, uh, we, we hit the question from yesterday. We hit the questions in Discord today. Going to move over to YouTube chat. I only see one question in the queue. I know we've had a couple of long streams to start the week already. So if there's any more questions that anyone has, get them into Discord or YouTube chat now. But for, for now, we're going to hit this question from Dan King. Dan said, do we have any status update on Team Stack? min and max exposures both pre-build and post-build i know there are issues with both that are being worked on okay dan thank you for bringing this up so today if if you haven't been in discord yet if you go to the mba channel matt posted an update today he said fyi guys i rolled out a fix for the late swap exposure issues some of you have been having late swaps may be a tad slower but they should be much better at respecting exposures now so we did roll out a fix for a couple things one managing late swap exposures specifically and then two i think some people were having issues where the number of lineups in a late swap was not showing the correct number my understanding was that it was cosmetic but nevertheless it doesn't look good and it makes you know people freak out including myself it would look weird so the team rolled out some fixes for those things today i know they're still working on uh exposure issues for like regular builds but uh for like late swaps specifically those issues should be resolved so i would recommend you know continuing to use the late swap exposures 
in the home screen before running any uh, expo before running any late swaps for basketball. Get those minimum max exposures in. Get those guardrails in for the build. Tell the build what you want, and you should be able to get what you are looking for in the late swap builds now. So that that's the update there. Thank you for bringing it up. You know, happy the team was able to figure that one out for everybody. I know it's been causing some frustration, and I'm I'm glad we got it fixed. So you know, team's always working to try and fix issues just like that one. So that being said, going to get back to office hours. And Daniel said, did we talk about rules to get to stars into lineups uh, with rule? Uh, real quick, Dan said, thanks, Andrew. I didn't see that. So, yep, happy to happy to point that out. So, so getting back to this question from Daniel, did we talk about rules to get two stars into lineups with rules? Okay. Uh, Daniel, we talked about this one yesterday. I don't remember having to follow up on this one specifically. So what I can do is I can go back and watch the stream from yesterday to see if this was a potential issue, but I don't remember it being one. My understanding was that what we did was that we, we created a rule and we, we did a group rule and we did an automatic rule and we grouped by game. And then we added a stat requirement saying must use at least two players whose salary. No, I'm sorry. I think, um, I think we use an if then rule. So we did if at least one player from a game whose salary was, or you could do my projection. So my projection greater than 40, then use at least one secondary player from the same game whose projection is also greater than 40. And then these are just like uh, numbers I'm making up. So, you know, if we were talking about tonight's slate, you wanted a game stack, let's say like LeBron with, with Jokic for, for example. So, you know, if we were to, if we were to zone in on these two teams, so just to make sure that, that the rule is, is met. So we're going to sort it by projection. So, okay. So we have three players here above 40 projection. So in this scenario, you would be able to use LeBron or AD and Jokic from the same game. So so this rule would apply. I would always check the people that you're using it for to make sure that their projection is indeed higher than the setting that you set here. So if we set this rule and save it as a manual rule specifically, what you can do is you can use the dropdown and then you can go into any, any game for any team. So we're going to go back to Denver and the Lakers. So it's going to say, if at least one of these guys is played, then must use one of these guys. The only thing here is that, you know, this is technically a team stack. So what you can do is you can just X out, uh, like, the the Lakers in this in this scenario. And, and maybe you don't want to do that, but, like, maybe you only want to make it two players. So that way, like, if I use Jokic, then I have to use LeBron. If I use LeBron, I have to use Jokic. And then you can save it, make manual adjustments. If you want to turn some teams off, you can do that. So, like, Kevin Porter here doesn't have a player that is also that high point projection. So, you know, the good thing about saving as manual rules is that you can go into any manual rule and make an adjustment, and then that adjustment will stick with the rule. So you could turn this rule off for certain teams, and only turn it on for the teams that you want it to be on for. So a lot of flexibility with using the manual rules. So I would give that a shot and then just know that it's probably better to save these rules as manual rules 
as opposed to auto rules, that way you can come in here and that just gives the rule a little more flexibility. So those are my thoughts there. Happy to cover it again. And if you have any more questions about it, just let me know. But uh, I feel like, you know, we, we were able to accomplish the goal that you were looking for with that one. So that being said, everybody, that was our last question in the queue. I'll hang around for a couple more minutes. Hopefully some more questions come in. Uh, big slate tonight. So looking forward to it. Got to love the big Wednesday night slates. Should be a lot of fun. But if anybody has any more questions, get them in now. I can tell you guys that, you know, uh, the team continues to work on awesome stuff behind the scenes. Stay tuned for any and all updates. Just a little bit of a teaser there. But, you know, team is always hard at work. So not seeing any more questions come in. Uh, I think we're going to call it there, everybody. I got some uh, birthday dinners to, to get to today. So, uh, you know, 1026 is a uh, fun day for me. So that being said, everybody, good luck in your contest tonight. We'll be right back tomorrow. And if you're not joined up with SaberSim, there's a link in the description below to a seven-day free trial, no strings attached. Get in on the action. Check us out. Ask your questions here. Doing this show Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern. So until tomorrow, everybody, I'll see you.